I, I want to get this message out to the world because we're we're at an important inflection point and it's really this moment of creative destruction we've been talking about for years in in health and I want to I, I want to build on the momentum of the past decade but the window is now the moment is now so um, okay let's go Welcome to Startup Health Now, the podcast where we talk about the entrepreneurs shaping the future of health and the health moonshots they're working to achieve. I'm Logan Plaster, Editor-in-Chief at Startup Health. This week on the podcast, we did something a little different. It's late August, approximately six months since the coronavirus pandemic sent us indoors, shut down the economy, and changed the way we view digital health. To get a high-level retrospective on those six months and what this period in history means for health innovation going forward, I dialed up Unity Stokes, co-founder and president of Startup Health. For most of a decade, Unity and his co-founder, Stephen Krein, have been the force behind the world's largest digital health portfolio. They've been among the most active investors in health innovation, and they're the creators of a collaborative community of health entrepreneurs that spans more than 330 companies across 26 countries. I opened the interview by simply asking Unity to address our audience directly. So this episode is more monologue than dialogue, but I slid in a few questions at the end. Without further ado, here's Unity Stokes. So we're six months into a global pandemic. We are um, just at an extraordinary inflection point, I think, not only in our history, but specifically as it relates to our mission at Startup Health in achieving health moonshots, um, an extraordinary inflection point in the transformation of health. So got some ideas I wanted to share, some some notes that I've been thinking about um, over the past uh, days, weeks, months, really, and I thought I'd just get it out quickly. and uh, start the conversation. Um, but you know, a few months ago, when when the pandemic started, uh, we met with our entire portfolio of health transformers, over three hundred and forty companies now around the world from twenty six countries, and we talked about how the world had changed. It was BC and AC before COVID, and after COVID, and. I wanted to talk about what we've learned over the past six months, um, what we've seen, and really where we see things going, um, and maybe put a little context around this. And I'll try to do it really quickly. Um, But as a result of COVID-19 and and pandemic response, um, we have seen a global transformation. We are in the midst of a rapid global transformation as it relates to health and healthcare. Um, you know, we've been talking about this moment of creative destruction in health where the whole industry gets transformed for a decade now, more than a decade. Um, and what happened was COVID-19 made it, it accelerated it. It, it almost overnight, decades of progress have happened in weeks or months. Um, So overnight demand, we have seen overnight demand for the solutions 
um, that a generation of innovators have been building for years now. Um, you know, we talked about the need for these solutions in the past, but the, the buyers weren't there. That's just the, the sad truth. And overnight, that demand changed. Um, again, this is happening globally. Um, we have seen instant workflow changes. So the whole workflow of how healthcare operates, whether it's supply chains or whether what happens when you walk into a hospital or how care facilities are managed, it's all changed overnight. Um, the impact of that uh, and repercussions of that, we are still trying to figure out. Um, we have seen instant behavior change, okay? Consumers, patients, people are acting, operating differently. They are using technology in different ways. They are working in different ways. We are all behaving differently and we're seeing a massive wave of adoption of new solutions like telehealth, for example. Um, purchasing or getting medications in new ways, delivered by mail or delivered, uh, purchased online overnight extreme transformation in terms of the behavior change and adoption of these these solutions um, and again this is significant because for years a lot of these extraordinary extraordinary technologies weren't being used there wasn't enough users um, both on the patient side but also on the provider side or the systems themselves uh, were not using them um, we have seen Market validation. About a week ago, uh, we saw, for example, the Livongo Teladoc deal. And this is a multi, multi-billion dollar deal um, creating uh, an organization now valued, at, I believe, more than $40 billion. It's a $19 billion merger. Um, this is extraordinary. Um, you know, considering we've tracked about $10 billion um, invested, uh, sorry, $60 billion invested over the past 10 years. Um, and one of the things we've heard is there's, but there's no IPOs, there's no market validation. Uh, when are the funds gonna be returned? And we're going to see a wave of, of market opportunity as a result of, that deal, but also these other uh, macro conditions that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. Um, we have seen the regulatory environment um, rapidly looked at, changed in some cases, uh, both in at state and local levels, but also the federal level. Um, we are seeing the entire process, just look at what's going on um, with the, the whole process to to create a vaccine and how all of a sudden the world is figuring out um, how to speed up innovation. Um, you know, in historically the fastest vaccine ever created was, was four years. Um, the world is searching and figuring out new ways using technology and data and analytics and AI uh, scrambling to speed up the innovation cycles. That is going to have a profound impact for, for the rest of, of, of time in terms of how new drugs, uh, new tech solutions, both get validated, discovered, and uh, created, and, and, and um, hopefully distributed um, to people around the world. Um, 
we are seeing uh, the payment models change. We are seeing reimbursement, again, for things like telehealth. These are things that we've been lobbying for and, and people in the industry have been trying to make happen for, for a generation. Um, and, and now, overnight, um, we're starting to see um, the models around how the money flows change in terms of these new uh, solutions and technologies that has uh, a profound uh, impact on, on the future. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we're basically seeing the investment that has happened over the last 10 to 20 years. Um, if you look at, for example, Teladoc started in 2002. Lavongo, what was it, 2008, I believe. Um, and there has been a lot of impatience, a lot of, uh, you know, need for speed, which is great, but things just historically have taken a different cycle, a different path, a little longer view. Um, but when we're talking about really a $10 trillion market, we're talking about people's lives, we're talking about health, we're talking about something universal, which is our health and well-being, um, it should be expected that these things take longer. Um, and what we're seeing are this moment has ushered in um, really paying dividends on, on the innovation that's been invested in over the past two decades or, or, or more. Um, so overall, you know, this overall chaos um, has created the window for transformation really to make its way into the home of healthcare. Really, that, that is the bottom line. Um, this is global. Um, and it's, it's at um, a pace that uh, I think most of the industry has not yet grasped. Um, I think people are kind of like trying to figure out, whoa, what's happening? What just happened? And, um, you know, if, if we, as we look at the macro conditions that are conversion, um, converging, um, we think this is bigger than most anyone is, is even recognizing. Um, so here, here's what I mean. Um, the business models um, are forever changing. This is going to have a dramatic impact. Um, the needs and demand for health innovation has forever changed. And, and the tweak to what we've been talking about for the past 10 years here is the legacy systems are now demanding this innovation. It's the health system itself that is demanding um, these new solutions. So health systems, providers, payers, um, many of those who quite honestly have been delaying the innovation cycle for, for so many years are now the ones pushing to speed it up. Um, this is an extraordinary change. Um, we are now ushering in the, the digital innovation that in many cases was invented years ago is now going to market and being used and, and in some cases um, in, in transformative ways. So take telehealth uh, as one easy example. This is not a new technology. These are not new systems. They've been around for many, many years. Uh, it's just 
systems are going from one or two percent adoption to 90 plus adoption overnight um, that is is going to continue to have a profound effect as i mentioned before um, the need for health transformers around the world is is more significant than it's ever been uh, you know superheroes put on your capes you're in demand um, and and i would say um, this is certainly on a global scale. This is not about Silicon Valley as, or, or Boston or New York or the United States for that matter. This is a global need for health transformers. Um, and this is happening, as I mentioned, globally. Um, and, and just to, to really drive that message home, this is a global transformation. Um, finally, um, you know, this is just the beginning. Um, we are very, very early in this global transformation. I think most of the impact or the dividends have not been felt by people, uh, by patients, by providers, um, and it's time to continue to innovate, to continue to make impact, and, and really to learn what's working and, and what's not working and, and filter um, this innovation around the world in ways that that really impacts people's lives. Um, clearly, more diversity is needed um, in types of where the innovation um, uh, gets gets the types of innovation that's focused on um, the places around the world, the underserved markets. Um, this is a huge. Um, diversity in 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 terms of the types of founders um, and again this is where there's a global opportunity to support founders from around the world um, and, and, and and really lean into the extraordinary innovation that can happen when um, you focus on diverse innovation um, and you know finally I hope this puts to bed this moment puts to bed uh, this concept we've been hearing at conferences for years, like, oh, this is a bubble, oh, you know, this is freaking nonsense. It's not a bubble, it's just beginning. If anything, we have been under-investing um, for decades now on, in terms of health innovation. Um, this is not about billions of dollars needed, this is about trillions of dollars that is needed to radically transform uh, health around the world, to lean into health moonshots, uh, to really use this window of opportunity in a way that uh, hopefully can impact um, billions of people's health and well-being um, for generations to come. So just wanted to get some of that out there, Logan. And, and obviously, our mission at, at, at Startup Health is about health moonshots. It's a, a long-term mission. It's about supporting the health transformers and innovators um, and really focusing on this model of collaborative innovation. And um, even though it's a challenging time and it's, there's extraordinary loss, um, there is this window of opportunity that we see um, uh, is creating a, a significant um, positives um, in terms of the long-term, what we believe will be the long-term impact um, that hopefully helps, you know, transform health for the, for the better.
there's a lot, there's been a lot of talk within startup health of um, companies that pivoted, companies that refocused, they changed. And a theme that I've come back to again and again is surviving versus thriving in a COVID and a post-COVID world. There's things you had to do to survive, but really what we're talking about is thriving in the post-COVID world. And I wonder what your thoughts are on what are the marks of health innovation companies that will thrive in that post-COVID world? Anyone that keeps going, that persists, that keeps trying is going to thrive. I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, this is an anti-fragile world. Um, entrepreneurs and innovators, that is part of the process. Um, and as long as you don't stop, then you will succeed. I mean, that, to us, that's the bottom line. Um, if, if anything, the challenges presented, the forced uh, pivots, the um, need to maybe shift your plans um, more quickly or, or do something different is only going to improve the innovation cycle. Only going to improve your specific business or, or solution. So I, I think it's just about persistence, long-term commitment, and just finding a way to stay in the game. It feels like we're seeing again and again, the companies that seem hot right now have just been at it and at it for a decade. And, and uh, overnight successes. These, these are, you know, talk to the, the guys from American Well and then how long they've been at it. Uh, talk to Steve and I, for example. You know, Startup Health was born out of uh, creating one of the, uh, well, it was at the time, the first digital doctor's office. Um, you know, this was 15 years ago. Um, and so I, I think, you know, innovation in, in any sector is a, a long-term process, but in health, it's, it's, uh, extraordinarily long and, and I think that's okay. Um, uh, the impact is meaningful and, um, you know, if we can just keep, uh, inspiring the best talent in the world to focus on health wellness, healthcare, um, and, and really dedicate their extraordinary uh, capacity to, to health moonshots, then we're going we're gonna to do extraordinary things together. You know, you touched on this um, before, but I've, I've heard you speak on just putting the amount of investment in health in true perspective. I mean, just the other day I saw the, uh, and there's no reason to pick on them, but I saw the $600 million for aviation gin. You, you, you look at the different acquisitions happening in the market and health can seem like, oh, hey, we're growing in health innovation. And then you look at the money go, uh, flowing around. And I wonder if you could just speak to just putting the, our investment in health in perspective and where we really need to go. That's such a great question. We, you know, we've been tracking with Startup Health Insights for 10 years now. Um, approximately $60 billion has flowed into um, several thousand companies, several thousand digital health companies over the past decade. $60 billion. Um, since the pandemic started, how much has Jeff Bezos' wealth increased? You know, the other day, uh, Elon Musk's wealth increased in one day, $8 billion. One human being, $8 billion. So um, if you consider that health globally is a 
Right now, today, a $10 trillion market per year. In the US, approximately $3 trillion. Okay, these are big numbers. Um, we see the market opportunity is easily being $100 trillion a year, not because costs are going to go up, but because health is a, and wellness and well-being needs to be delivered to 7.5 billion people. Um, and at scale, there's an opportunity to create, uh, uh, to make health and, and wellness, you know, integrated into everybody's lives in a way activity that improves um, economic opportunity for all, that improves longevity for all. Um, so when you're talking at that scale, um, we see the long-term opportunity to invest in health moonshots as being in the trillions. It shouldn't be billions. We're, 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 we get all excited that, oh, $10 billion a year, you know, individual drugs get R&D budgets, you know, more, more than that. So when you put it into context and we're talking about all digital health innovation um, for all people all over the world, it, it's just, it's minuscule. And, and when, you know, the, the, the reality is the, the fund model itself, a 10 year model is broken. It's, it's an outdated model that doesn't fit within the traditional cycle of what's required for health innovation. There needs to be a, a new way to invest in health innovation that um, enables bigger thinking, uh, bigger risk, uh, bigger impact, um, that takes a longer view of, of how the innovation cycle really needs to work for something as universal as health, as important as health, um, in particular because of, of the need to protect people's uh, safety along the way as well. So um, I, just, I just think this is an opportunity to lean to, to investing more and the impact will be profound. Calling all health transformers, you know, health transformers activate. We, we need the best, most talented entrepreneurs and innovators, creators, builders, thinkers, doers, uh, to suit up, take the risk, take the plunge, dedicate your time and energy to, you know, meaningful impact, um, big things that are going to save people's lives, improve people's lives and, and, and transform the future for, you know, this, again, health is universal and, and, and we need, we need health transformers. Um, we need to do it collaboratively. We need to do this as a, a collaborative innovation model the same way um, you know NASA did with the space mission and getting a person on the moon um, that took 10 years it took 400,000 people took 25,000 organizations it took I think over 10 billion dollars of, of money in in in, in that um, and you know we we need the health is 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 even more important so uh, this is a global need impacts every human on earth and it's going to take a global army to to really speed up this innovation and, and get it out to the world. Startup Health invests in health transformers from around the world who are committed to achieving audacious health moonshots. If you want to learn how you can join this community of entrepreneurs, 
Or if you want to connect with one of our 330 companies, go to startuphealth.com. Thanks for listening to Startup Health Now. We'll be back next week.